0: And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Alright, everybody, happy Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. I know the Islanders had a great weekend overcoming some big obstacles to take a one-to-nothing lead in this series with a 4-3 overtime win. Kyle Palmieri with two goals. We're going to break it all down for you and let you know what happened and why on today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your next order. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show. We'll start with Kyle Palmieri and his outstanding two-goal performance. We'll talk about The Islanders' slow start, and Ilya Sorokin coming up big in a situation where he was thrust into the starting role pretty late in the game, and uh, what the Islanders were able to do to eventually win this hockey game. And we'll start thinking about what that means for the series. We'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day and a whole lot more. If there's something Islanders related on your mind, you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to discuss, feel free to send us an email. The email address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Isles. And you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice wars N Y R V S N Y I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I am also live tweeting during every Islanders playoff game. So the Islanders get the job done. They come up with a big 4-3 overtime win over the Pittsburgh. Penguins. And the thing about this game, and there were a lot of things about this game, but the, the obvious thing that stands out is Kyle Palmieri. And you've heard me mention on the show many, many times, and mention in the locker room chats that we have Wednesdays at 8.30, that the Palmieri slash Zajac trade Yeah, both of these guys struggled during the regular season, did not play well. For Kyle Palmieri, he was in the lineup for 17 games with the New York Islanders late in the season. He scored two goals, four points, and was a minus three. Well, two goals in 17 games. Well, today, two goals in one game, including the overtime game winner, and you know, you hear... On Twitter, so many people, oh, it's got to be the beard. Palmieri had to shave his beard. Uh, Lula Morello wanting, you know, his team to be clean-shaven. But in the playoffs, hey, the Islanders invented the playoff beard going back to 1980. So everyone's allowed to forego shaving in the playoffs. Palmieri gets his beard back. But more importantly, uh, all joking aside, the guy steps up scored on two very effective, wicked shots, and as I said uh, on the show several times, if Palmieri and or Zajac shine in the playoffs, no one will remember that they struggled during the regular season, and that trade will go down as a darn good one. Now look, it's only one game, but Palmieri, definitely one of the big reasons why this Islander team won game one, and, uh, you know, when you score two goals on your three shots, uh, that is definitely a plus, and the Islanders get that W on the strength of Palmieri, and those shots, high shots, glove side, and I'm pretty sure nearly all, if not all, of the Islanders' goals that went in past Tristan Jarry, were high glove side, and apparently, you know, that, that may be his Achilles heel, so that in and of itself was a good thing. The other aspect of this game that Islander fans certainly have to be happy about, and the thing that the Islanders did, you, you look at the numbers hitting The Islanders, as a team, out-hit the Penguins, 72-47. to Yes, 72 hits by the New York Islanders. And you know what? This was accumulated, this was tabulated, not by the Islanders' hometown official scorer, but by the Penguins' official scorer. And you break down these numbers, and... You have to be impressed. Every Islanders player in the lineup had at least one hit. Who led the Islanders in hits? Uncle Leo, Leo Komarov, 14 hits in 18 minutes and 6 seconds of ice time. Matt Martin next in line with 9 hits. Ryan Pulak with 8. And the Islanders, as a team, 72 Hits in this game now, yeah, okay. There was three quarters of an overtime in addition to the regular sixty minutes, but wow, uh, when you when you have that kind of a situation, those kind of uh, that kind of physicality, it definitely benefits your team in a big way, and you know the other aspect. To me, the, the two statistics that determine how badly a team wanted to win a game is blocked shots and hits, because that, that's the stuff that is all about effort, and the Islanders won both categories. Hits, like I said, 72 for the Islanders, 47 for Pittsburgh. Blocked shots, 14 for the Islanders, 12 for for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And who led the Islanders in block shots? Two players. One of them is a surprise. The other one, fairly expected. Scott Mayfield had four. That is the expected. But how about this player, tying for the team lead in block shots? Josh Bailey. Last year, we saw Bales pick up his play in the playoffs. He had, if I recall correctly, 20 points in 22 games. 18 of those points were assists, but, you know, didn't get on the score sheet in this game, but four blocked shots shows that Josh Bailey was contributing to this victory. And one other thing I wanted to point out, uh, and we'll get to that after the the, the break, but the Islanders started off slow and got better, and we'll talk a little bit more about that, plus some of the things they definitely need to improve on, still to come on the Lockdown On Islanders podcast. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. When With a Credit Karma Money Spend Account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma money has already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft freeze, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000. A-T-M's. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank, Inc. Member FDIC. Minimum balance and transfer limits apply. So, as we mentioned, the Islanders got off to a slow start in this hockey game. And yet, the encouraging thing is that they gradually came on and got the job done. And as the game progressed... Barry Trotz and the Islanders made adjustments, and by the third period, they were playing their style of hockey game. In the first period, Islanders allowed 18 shots on goal, and this was the style of play in the first period that Pittsburgh wanted to play. It was wide open, both teams were getting their chances, the Penguins had uh, plenty of room to maneuver, the Islanders' forecheck was non-existent or struggling, and the Penguins, because they were moving so quickly and forechecking well, caused a lot of turnovers by the Islanders, and and the Isles just had trouble clearing their own zone. Yet, the fact of the matter is that at the end of the first period, the Islanders basically were fortunate enough to be all equal at 1-1 after the Kyle Palmieri goal. You made it 1-0, and then Frederick uh, Goudreau tied it uh, midway through the period, and it was 1-1. So the Islanders, uh, you know, fortunate there. In the first period, Sidney Crosby, four shots on goal. Early in the second period, literally a little less than four minutes in, Crosby with the great redirection, that's his fifth shot on goal, and it's 2-1 to one, Pittsburgh, and that's how it was through 40 minutes. But guess what? And this statistic, to me, illustrates how well the Islanders adjusted and how they came on. After that goal, three minutes and 47 seconds into the second period, Sidney Crosby did not take another shot on goal in this hockey game. So the Islanders getting the job done in that respect, they tightened things up, 18 shots on goal in the first period, in the second and third combined, 14 shots on goal allowed by the New York Islanders, so the defense got more or less figured out, and you got to give credit where credit is due, to Ilya Sorokin, because what did Sorokin do, here is a guy who was told, you know, relatively soon before face-off, uh, You know, earlier today, that he was going to get the starting nod because Simeon Varlamov wasn't quite healthy enough to play. And all Ilya Sorokin does in this game is make 39 saves out of the 42 shots he faces and keeps the Islanders in this game, especially in the first period where he stopped 17 shots out of the 18 that he faced and in overtime, where he stopped all 10 shots that the Pittsburgh Penguins fired at him. Ilya Sorokin, his first NHL playoff appearance, and he came up big for the New York Islanders. Really couldn't blame him on any of those goals that were allowed, and you know, here's the thing about Sorokin. He may not have any NHL playoff experience before Sunday's game. He may not have had it, but he had already won a championship in the KHL. He had taken his team to the playoffs in the KHL numerous times, had represented his country in a lot of international competitions. Ilya Sorokin is not some 18, 19, 20-year-old kid. He's 25. And, you know, I mentioned leading up to this game that Ilya Sorokin, you know, if, if Varlamov struggled or didn't play well or wasn't ready to go, Ilya Sorokin was, you know, someone they were perfectly comfortable with going with him and had confidence in him. Well, in Game 1, he justified that confidence and got the job done, and he is a big reason. Why the Islanders have a 1 0 series lead. One other thing that I needed to mention the top line of Eberly, Barzal, and Uncle Leo did not really produce a lot of offense. And scary statistic Matthew Barzal was on the ice for 20 and a half minutes almost, 20 minutes. 22 seconds. He had one shot on goal and it came in overtime. Did not have a shot at goal in regulation, according to uh, the initial statistics that I saw. The fact that the Islanders were still able to win this game is great, but they're going to need more from Matthew Barzal over the course of this series and if they advance beyond if they hope to make the big playoff run. Look, Barzal ended with one shot on goal. Jordan Eberle had two. Leo Komarov had one. So your top line in over 76 minutes worth of hockey had four shots on goal. Uh, They're going to have to be a little bit more productive than that uh, if they hope to win this series. The other thing that concerned me, Brock Nelson gets the goal at 15.50 of the third period. Four minutes, 10 seconds left. And that lead lasted 31 seconds. Kasperi Kapanen gets the equalizer at 16.21. Look, that's not Islanders hockey either. You get that lead, you gotta lock it down. You have four minutes and 10 seconds left, you gotta lock it down right then and there. Palmieri gets the unassisted game winner in overtime to bail them out, but there are still a number of things this team needs to work on, and hopefully uh, Barry Trotz can help them do that before game two. We're going to talk about the lineup, the scratches, and of course our Islanders birthday of the day. More to come here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, comes in 18 amazing flavors, both with nuts and nut-free, all of them covered in 100% chocolate, and they are soft and easy to chew, and listen to some of these flavors, mint brownie, double chocolate, coconut, peanut butter brownie, and my personal favorite, cookies and cream. It's great for the keto diet because it's low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, Let's talk about the coconut almond flavor. 18 grams of protein in every bar, just 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. We also still have the Belmont Stakes, the final leg of the Triple Crown, coming up right in just a couple of weeks. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams begin their playoff run. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, they will give you a 50% bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKED ON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. Want to wish a very happy 51st birthday to former Islanders right wing Dane Jackson, the native of Castlegar, British Columbia, originally drafted by his hometown team, the Vancouver Canucks, in the third round back in the 1988. NHL draft, spent four years at the University of North Dakota before making his NHL debut in 1993-94 with Vancouver, and then played briefly for Buffalo before joining the Islanders late in the 1997-98 season. The Islanders were his final NHL stop. He played in 45 career NHL games, 12 goals, 6 assists and 18 points at six postseason games, although none of those were with the New York Islanders. We're going to go back and look at one of his better games with the Islanders, January 14, 1998, at the Ice Palace, as it was then known in Tampa. Wade Flaherty, the goalie for the Islanders, Zach Burke was the netminder for Tampa Bay. And it was the Islanders getting on the board first, a power play goal by Brian Smolinski, assist to Ziggy Palfy and Brian Barard at three fifty three, one nothing Islanders. Then Dane Jackson, his first of the year and his first and only goal as an Islander. Sergey Nemchinov with the only assist at seven forty three, Isles led two nothing. Kenny Janssen added to it in the final minute of the opening period, his ninth from Rich Pilon three nothing Islanders after one. Late in the second period, the Islanders get a penalty shot opportunity, and Rob Reichel converts his 18th of the year, obviously unassisted at 16-18, and then with one second left in the period, Ziggy Palfi is 21st from Tom Chorsky and Brian Smolinski at 1959, five nothing Islanders after two. Mikael Renberg got the goal for Tampa Bay early in the third period, but goals by Robert Reichel and Ziggy Palfi end this one. The Islanders skate away with a 7-1 win over the Bolts for Dane Jackson, our Islanders' birthday of the day. He had one goal, was a plus one, had two penalty minutes, and his goal was indeed the game winner. So, again, a very happy birthday. 51 years old today, to former Islanders right wing Dane Jackson, who was uh, active in professional hockey until the end of the 2002-2003 season and has since gone on to coach both in the uh, AHL, the UHL, and now at the University of North Dakota, his alma mater. So let's talk about the lineup now in this game for the New York Islanders, because the scratches were a little interesting, to say the least. Obviously, we mentioned that, uh, that Simeon Varlamov was scratched. That was a health concern. He ended up on the sideline, and the backup goalie was Corey Schneider. Here are the other players who the Islanders now have on their extend expanded taxi squad because the season for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers is over. So Sebastian Aho, he's been on the taxi squad all year. Braden Coburn, we knew he was probably going to be the seventh defenseman in the playoffs. He was obviously a, a healthy scratch, as was Michael Dal Cole, Thomas Hickey, Ross Johnston, and. Travis Zajac. Can't say I'm shocked that Zajac wasn't in the lineup under the circumstances of where he might fit in and how he might play. They kept the identity line together and it made more sense to have Oliver Wallstrom in the lineup than Travis Zajac right now. Do I expect that we'll see Zajac at some point in the playoffs? Absolutely, I do. Uh, assuming, of course, that the Islanders, you know, stay in pretty far into the playoffs, but uh, Zajac, a healthy scratch. The other scratches players brought up from Bridgeport include Kenneth Appleby, Cole Bardrow, Kiefer Bellows, Samuel Balduck, Austin Zarnik, Anatoly Golyshev, Simon Holmstrom, Grant Hutton, Otto Koivula, Dmitro uh, Timoshov, and Bodhi Wild. So lots of black aces out there for the New York Islanders. They have a deep group, and while most of these guys probably won't get any ice time, just the experience of being around the team in the playoffs, practicing with the team in the playoffs, being on call, being ready, learning about the atmosphere of the Stanley Cup playoffs, because anyone who has played the game can tell you that the intensity level changes, the speed of the game changes, the physicality of the game gets ramped up a lot, there is less time, less space, less room to maneuver, and you've got to be on your toes. And I think just even observing that and being a part of it up close Rather than actually being on the ice, there is value to that for a lot of these younger players, and certainly players like Bardrow and Bellows and Bullduck, uh and Golishev. You know, these are Holmstrom, these are guys that are going to gain something uh, by being on call and being ready for this uh, series and hopefully for the Islanders' perspective beyond. Islanders now have a 1-0 lead in this series. They have taken home ice advantage away from the Pittsburgh Penguins and now are hoping to take a 2-0 advantage. Tomorrow, we will take a look at Game 2, have a full preview of it. We'll get some updates going on the situation with Simeon Varlamov, whether he'll be ready, whether or not... Uh, if he is healthy, whether or not he gets the start. So lots to discuss as we continue on this playoff push. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for us on today's episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Stay safe, everybody. Have a great day. And of course, let's go Islanders.